It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Wednesday. So over the hump we go. Bit on the cool side, but we're finally getting into that time of year. Where I'm at right now, it says 37 degrees. Which means Miss Mary is really going to be cold today. Wrapped in a blanket by her desk if she isn't already. All right, so let's get on to smart people and dumb people, main topics today. And also, Speaker McCarthy, I'll let you decide what camp he's in. Trigger warning. This is important warning. today. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Miss <laughs> Mary is uh, trying to get into the spirit here. It's going to take her a little while. She is a cold-blooded creature. I'm convinced a reptilian from whatever planet the reptilians come from. She said, I had to defrost my window. It was traumatic. Yeah, there's some, there are some people who are going to have frost on the windows this morning here. That's just getting you used to it all. Now, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to some smart people and dumb people today. This first one is definitely a smart person pointing to dumb people. I'm going to go to Yellowstone National Park. And here is a six-year-old. And mom is asking the six-year-old some very baited questions. Should we, should we go? Should we try and go see that geyser way over there? No. Why? Because bu there's, bu there's huge buffalo crossing. We got to wait for them to cross? Yeah. Why? Because otherwise we'll get rammed. How come all those people aren't waiting? Because they're stupid. Okay, so <laughs> I, I love that kid. You should see his sister standing behind him. She was really adorable, too, listening to him. But, okay, uh, yeah, Buffalo over there. Want to go see him? Yeah, wait till the Buffalo cross. And what happened was there was a boardwalk, and the Buffalo were slowly working across the boardwalk. So, wait till the Buffalo are gone. If we don't, we might get rammed or buffaloed, if you want to put it that way. So, what about the other, the adults over there? Because they're stupid. Okay. See, that's a smart kid. We need more smart people like that. Now, this next one is a group of smart people playing on the dumb people. <laughs> I'm loving Actually, out of all the stories I have for you today, this is one of my favorite ones. So there's a conference for technology. And on the Internet, they put up for this conference, we connect, inspire, and advise women and non-binary technologists. They have to throw that in there today, I guess. So at this conference, a major tech job for women. They're trying to get women into jobs of technology, right? So that's what the whole conference was for, 
for women to go and learn about technology jobs, but also perhaps even apply with companies that are offering technology jobs. So to be, I guess, politically correct or whatever, they have to put up on their ad on social media that we connect, inspire, and advance women and non-binary technologists. Okay. So... Here's what happened. Career conference for females in tech was taken over by male attendees. They were there just purely for the career fair. Social media clips filmed at the Grace Hopper, the world's largest gathering of women technologists, show men standing in line to meet with recruiters. This is a space for women in tech. This is one of those few limited resources that isn't for you. It's for us. Some of the male attendees reportedly lied about being non-binary just to get in. But it's interesting that the large majority of the people that actually ended up in the event had name tags with he, him, and have no searchable history of identifying as non-binary. Several tech workers defended the men for trying to capitalize on job opportunities not meant for them, seeing that the entire concept was wrong. Let's be honest, there is no need for a conference just for women because if it was the opposite for men, then it would be sexist. Just because you are a woman doesn't give you the right to talk to a big firm recruiter. Guys work just as hard and they don't get that chance. See, now, the the woman who just read that is looking very skeptical as she reads it. Fact of the matter is, you don't need to have a conference in technology just for women. You need to have a technology conference for qualified people. And, And whoever wrote that was absolutely correct when he said... If we had a conference to offer tech jobs to just men, that would be called sexist. But it's okay if just women do it? That, okay. It's perfectly fine to have a conference where anybody can show up, right? whatever they, men, women, whatever, show up. That's fine. To have one just for one group is sexist or racist or whatever you want to call it. But in this case, did you know, I was watching the video because that was a video I played for you. The majority of the people, as the camera panned the room, the majority of the people at the conference were men. They outnumbered the women. Well, they said right there in their ad, if you're non-binary or cis or identify as whatever else, then you can come. But no men. So a bunch of men showed up saying, well, I identify as. See, that's all you have to do. Just identify. You don't have to be. I identify as it. Dispute me. Go ahead. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll call you. What do you call someone who says that? You you claim to be non-binary or cis or whatever. And someone says, no, you're not. What do you, it's not racism. Is that sexism? I'm not sure how you classify that. But anyway, they could be accused of. So nobody would dare do it. So the men take over the entire conference. The women are upset. This is just for us, say the women. Well, uh, for, as far as I could see, there were nothing but women in the room. I know there were a bunch of dudes walking around, but, you know, they identify, they say, as something else. So therefore, there were a bunch of women in the room. Look, I'm just using your own rules here. These guys were taking advantage of the rules as they are currently set. You're telling me I can identify as whatever and just walk in. So I did, the men would say. That's why they took over the job conference. 
All right, maybe there's some unintended consequences here. This is why I said today there's going to be a lot of focus on both uh, stupid people and smart people. In this case, it was a bunch of smart people taking advantage of a bunch of stupid people with stupid rules. This conference, that's what the note said, this conference is open to women and non-binary. Okay. Now, again, you get to identify as whatever, which is what they did. And nobody is allowed to dispute you because, because you said you are. It is therefore reality. And nobody is allowed to say otherwise. So I guess there's no unintended consequences for this. Well, in this case, the women who might have in the past agreed with you can self-identify as whatever you want, are now going to have second thoughts. I'm glad the guys did this. The guys did this, I think, just because they wanted jobs in that particular field, so they did. The women, however, who wanted an all-female conference are now going to look at this and think, hold on, maybe this whole thing, non-binary, identify as whatever you want to identify as, isn't going to work out like we thought which there are quite a few women out there that are in women's sports that are saying, see, this is what we've been talking about. Like that female swimmer, I'm forgetting her name right now, the lady swimmer who was beaten by a guy just because he showed up and identified as a female, therefore he's allowed to compete against the women, and so all the women lose to him. This is what the women are talking about. At some point, We're going to reach a tipping point here because the people who made these rules are going to start, like you saw here, like you heard here, seriously suffering the unintended consequences of it. And they're not going to like it. 6.15 is the time. Wake up. Everything you need to start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. 6.23 is the time to wake up Wyoming. It's Wednesday over the hump we go. So some of the comments I'm getting over the chat option on your Wake Up Wyoming app is Mark and Centennial, snow is a four-letter word. Please stop saying that. Well, I'm sorry, Mark. You're going to have to get used to it, okay? Because as the calendar ticks away, the closer we get to it, sorry. Now, if you're just joining me, I was telling you, and I'm going to play the audio again. This is a conference and it's a pretty good size room that I'm looking at here. It's a big room that they've rented out. And it's a jobs fair, primarily. And the point of the jobs fair is to bring women into the technology world. They would like to see more women, whoever they are, would like to see more women in technology. So we're going to have a job fair where women can meet with potential employers. Okay. Here's how they advertise this on social media. We connect, inspire, and advance women and non-binary technologists. They had to throw that in. Okay. Well, what could possibly be the unintended consequences of that? The unintended consequences are the number of men that showed up and just claimed to be non-binary. They just said they were. And you can't, I was wondering, what do you call that? Uh, I.D. John nailed it, because I'm, I'm struggling to find, there's a word for that. The word is transphobe. Yeah, you can't say 
to these men that you're not that. You would be called a transphobe. So if a guy walks into the room and says, hey, I am a cis or whatever, claiming whatever he wants to be, he can go ahead and do that. And who in the world would have the guts to say, no, you're not? Now, during the conference, I was going to play the audio, but it's it doesn't sound good the way it was recorded. There's a lot of echo in the room. But during the conference, they have a meeting in a hall. There's a it's a stage. There's a bunch of tree, uh, you know chairs out there. It's a whole auditorium, if you will. And one of the gentlemen who was putting on the conference stood up in front of the audience and said, frankly, there's a lot of people that lied to get in here. He's right. They did. So? Well, look, again, the rules are, and the rules were not set. Don't get mad at me. The rules were not set by me. The rules were set by the people who made the conference. And the people who made the conference said, if you want to identify yourself as something else, you can go ahead and do that. You can just walk right in. Let's see. Uh, there's another one there. There's the other. Okay, what I'm looking for is sort of disappeared on me here, and I'm trying to find it. Where's the audio that was there just a moment ago on that? Uh, all is fair. Okay, here we go. Okay, it took a moment to load back up again. So anyway, I'm watching the video here, and there's mostly, it's again, it's a big jobs fair. It's a big room, really big. There's mostly men the in the room. The conference for females in tech was taken over by male attendees. They were there just purely for the career fair. Social media clips filmed at the Grace Hopper, the world's largest gathering of women technologists, show men standing in line to meet with recruiters. This is a space for women in tech. This is one of those few limited resources that isn't for you, it's for us. Some of the male attendees reportedly lied about being non-binary just to get in. But it's interesting that the large majority of the people that actually ended up in the event had name tags with he, him, and have no searchable history of identifying as non-binary. Well, so what? I just go ahead and claim to be whatever you want. You can just walk right in. Now, Jim and Casper, okay, who the hell really cares? Man, well, apparently, Jim, some do. Now, a lot of times people ask, well, who cares? And oftentimes there's people who do care. Caring is stupid in this case, but they care anyway. He says, uh, Jim says, men, women, freaks, geeks, confused, used, and abused, just let every, just everybody shut up. How about everybody just self-identify as someone who's not a sensitive little crybaby whining, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, well, and for that matter, how about, since this was a career tech places, the whole point of this was to get a job in technology in some way, right? Identify as a hardworking person who is educated in whatever that technology is. There, identify as that. Doesn't matter what your gender is, what your race is, what your age is, whatever. You identify as somebody, and you actually have the credentials to show it, that you have the talent, the skill, the knowledge to do the job, and you're a hardworking person. That's what you identify as. Not that you identify as anything else or self-identify as something that doesn't exist, that you just made up. I think that's probably the worst part of it, the number of people who just made something up and showed up there because they knew that was going to get them in the conference. Enough of this self-identifying thing. 
If I were to be asked by one of these tech companies what I identify as, uh, well, I identify as someone with these credentials. Here's my work history. Here's an example of my talent and skill. I'm a hardworking person. That's why I. That's what I identify as. I don't care about the rest. It just doesn't matter to me. Do you want someone who's going to show up on time and give you 100% or more? Oh, Jim and Casper, you can say jackass. Yes, I can. <laughs> Coming up on some local business that we have to talk about. News time, right after news time. Update on the weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Keeping alive, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Time to say 36. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I got something else for you to start your day that's just going to make you feel really good about this. It has to do with the Wicked Witch of the West. You, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Or uh, Nancy Pelosi, if you want to call her that. This has to do with yesterday's vote on Speaker of the House. Now, yesterday, I was in my car driving. I turned on the radio to hear the news top of the hour. And I was actually catching just before news top of the hour, Sean Hannity was on. And he was listening in to the vote for Speaker of the House to see if we were going to oust Kevin McCarthy. So I got to listen to the vote live. Now, Hannity was in agreement with Trump. Big surprise there. But Hannity was in agreement with Trump when Trump was saying that, well, here are the Republicans fighting with each other again. Well, okay, but what if you have a Speaker of the House that just sucks and, and maybe the Republicans want to get rid of him? Well, they did. So we don't have Speaker of the House McCarthy anymore. Now we have no Speaker of the House until we figure out somebody better. Please... Not Matt Gates. That Gates is the guy who started all of this. He's the Republican from Florida who's got some he's a narcissist. He's big time narcissist. I'd rather not see Matt Gates in the speaker position. Okay. McCarthy's not gonna run again. He's just sort of done with it. So okay. But here's the part that you're gonna like. So they now have a temporary acting speaker. This person is just gonna take care of business until they get a speaker. So right now, the House of Representatives is shut down and can't do anything until they get a speaker, according to the rules. This guy is just temporary there to take care of business, but they can't vote on anything. To me, that's good news. People keep acting like that's horrible. Congress can't do anything. Good. They make a mess out of everything as it is. I'm glad they're stalled for a while. But okay. Here's the headline that will make you happy. Acting Speaker Patrick Mahenry orders Nancy Pelosi to pack up her things, vacate Capitol Hideaway Office. Oh, I knew that would make you happy. Pelosi. See, if you haven't seen Young Frankenstein, you don't know why that was really funny right then. So McHenry ordered Pelosi to move out in an email sent hours after Republicans voted to remove Kevin McCarthy along with 208 Democrats. Uh, The vote was 216 to 210. A lot of people didn't show up to vote. You should have been more than that. But all right. Tuesday, according to Politico, Pelosi served as speaker, and it talks about her 
tenure as speaker and so on. And okay, so she stayed in that office even though she was not speaker anymore. Quote, please vacate the space tomorrow. The room will be uh, re-keyed. <laughs> um, I hadn't read that part until just now. Please vacate because they're going to change the locks. <laughs> um, McHenry, who serves as chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, was McCarthy's first choice to serve as Speaker Pro Temp in an event that he was forced out. Quote, sadly, because I am in California to mourn the loss of and pay tribute to my dear friend, Diane Feinstein, I am unable to retrieve my belongings at this time, said Pelosi. Can't, out of town. Funeral, all of that. Republican Representative Matt Gates of Florida introduced the notion to vacate the chair Monday, and then it talks about how that happened. Uh, and then it talks about, of course, it goes on to what McCarthy said about the speakership and so on. Okay, I don't care about all of that. I just care about what's happening to Nancy Pelosi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Try to refrain from saying her name. Should I just stick with Wicked Witch of the West? Is that better? And your little dog, too. Okay. Either way, either way, she's told to vacate the office because they're going to change the locks. Now, I would assume, I don't know, if she's out of state, she's in California, she's at the funeral of Dianne Feinstein, they might give her a couple of days, okay, and then she's going to have to move into some other office somewhere as just a regular member of the House of Representatives. Nancy Pelosi has become very powerful over the years, as you know. Even when she's not Speaker of the House, she has amassed a lot of power. So, uh, okay, she, I don't think I, she'll really care if she gets moved to another office. We'll find out. She's another one that's been there. Let me see. Let's find this out here. What I'm going to ask is, because I don't know what her... She's been there for over 20-some years, over 25 years. So how old is Nancy Pelosi? Uh, no, wrong person. Okay, uh, how old is Nancy? 83 years old. Okay. I still admire people who do reach an advanced age and they're still going strong. I know many people who are just nonstop at an early, later age. She's 83 right now. Mark in Godforsaken Hill outside of Casper Use this, uh, did you know, Speaker of U.S. House Representative? Yes, I do know that. The Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of Congress. I do know that. Did you know that someone actually suggested that he might nominate Donald Trump for Speaker of the House? It's not going to happen, but would I'd at least lo love for somebody to make that nomination just to scare some people. 642, wake up my... If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 648 is the time. Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go to talk to Frank Gambino. Frank, I've been doing things this morning to sort of help people get off on the right foot and feel good about today well that's what yes. your job is as it, a morning radio host yes oh i had it's just, wow. every, every day have i been sucking at my job um well you know you, you you're like everyone else yeah man. you have your good days oh, my bad days. bad days yeah all right let's see if so, this, so this is a good day uh, yes we're, we're gonna find out if this plays correctly here okay. i have a really smart kid in yellowstone that's smarter than all of the adults 
Okay. Uh, okay. And again, this thing, I'm going to have to switch something over to play it because it, it's not wanting to play through its regular channel over here. The board's getting old. Hang on. Here we go. Should we, should we go? Should we try and go see that geyser way over there? No. Why? Because there's, bu there's huge buffalo crossing. We got to wait for them to cross? Yeah. Why? Because allies will get rammed. How come all those people aren't waiting? Because they're stupid. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there, there you go. You know? As I told you, Frank, the kid is just going to make your day. <laughs> so, well, what was that show? The kids say the darndest yes. things. Yes, you know? and remember, there was a television show. I never watched it, but there's a television show. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah. Uh, and well, it turns out most people are not. Yes, exactly right. And I could tell, you, you had to see, first off, mom is obviously baiting because mom oh, yeah, takes yeah, the yeah. kid. Right? Yeah, yeah. Then watch the kid's little sister behind because she was just hysterical to watch as she's standing there listening to the conversation. Well, she doesn't want to get rammed by a buffalo. No, neither does she. No, no. And mom doesn't either. No, no, absolutely not. So those are the, they just stood at a distance. What was happening was the boardwalk going to a geyser. Buffalo were crossing the boardwalk. Well, just let them go. Yes, I mean, and that's what the kid was saying. I'm just going to stand here and wait to the buffalo, clear the boardwalk, however long that takes. Then we can go ahead and go see it. Not like the other tourists out there who were trying to work their way through the herd of buffalo as they crossed the uh, boardwalk, which, as you know, is a really dangerous thing. So they could the, the buffalo could ram you into the geyser, and then you'd be and then, fried. Yeah, then, yeah, so first off, it hurts when you get hit by the buffalo, and then it hurts while you're being fried. Right. Yeah, okay. And see, this thing doesn't want to work. Let me try this one more time, Frank. Aha. There you go. All righty. Coming up on Saturday in Laramie in college football, the Wyoming Cowboys with a gigantic game. They will host number 24 Fresno State in Mountain West play. Both teams won their conference openers, so Fresno is 5-0 and overall. They have non-conference wins over Purdue and Arizona State. Pokes are 4-1 and after a win over New Mexico last week, and but they have lost their last two games to Fresno State and didn't score a point in either of them. UW is 5.5-point underdogs on Saturday game that starts at 6 p.m. at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. We'll have it for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. High School Football, our latest wildpreps.com poll is out in 4A. Sheridan, after beating Cheyenne East last week, is now number one. East falling to number two. Campbell County, three. And the Toronto, four. And Thunder Basin, five. In 3A, Cody still number one. Star Valley still number two. Powell still number three. Buffalo still number four. And Douglas still number five. Mountain View rated number one in the 2A ranks. Bighorn second, level third. Cokeville fourth. And Tongue River fifth and one a nine man Pine Bluffs is number one followed by Wind River Big Piney Linglefort Laramie and Southeast and in one a six man Little Snake River still number one followed by Encampment Burlington Dubois and KC College Volleyball the Wyoming Cowgirls defeated Colorado State and Laramie last night in a very competitive match 25-22 25-23 19-25 and 16-24 Casper Kelly Walsh High School Greg Corn Carruth had 13 kills in that game for the Cowgirls who improved the 12 and 4 overall 1 and 4 amount West Plain. UW will host San Jose State on Thursday. In high school volleyball, Laramie beat Cheyenne South three sets to none in 4A play yesterday. Coming up on Thursday, Cheyenne Central will be at Cheyenne South, also in 3A on Thursday. Douglas will be at Glenrock. High school cross country coming up on Friday. Casper, Cheyenne, Gillette, Rock Springs, and Powell have big meets. The state high school cross country meet will be coming up on October the 21st in Cheyenne. Major League Baseball, those first round wild card series move along today in a best of three deal with game ones yesterday in the American League. Texas beat Tampa Bay on the road 4 to nothing. Only 19,000 fans showed up for a playoff game in Tampa.
Minnesota broke an 18-game playoff losing streak with a 3-1 win over Toronto. In the National League, Arizona on the road beat Milwaukee 6-3. In Philadelphia at home, a winner over Miami 4-1. How many people show up in Tampa? 19,000 for a playoff game. Oh, yeah, wow. You know, and... and I, I let me say, I went to a game there. They probably drew twenty one thousand. Like this okay. is Major League Baseball. Now they want to build a new stadium that'll only seat sit thirty thousand. Okay. Tampa Bay. How many people people live in that area? Millions. Uh, yeah. No. Yes, because Tampa. It's not just Tampa. It's they want to make it at some point maybe just the city of Tampa Bay because it covers so many other cities. Well, well, well yeah. It's, like it's probably a five county area. Yeah. So yes, and you're talking millions and millions of people. So. What's the problem? Has, is that team not winning or something? No, they, they won 90 games. They're one of the best teams. So what's Do they the, not care? What's the deal? I don't understand. I think maybe okay. the, st- the stadium is not so hot. Okay, maybe that's the same. All right, well, let's go. You know, the, tell you the, what. The trop. Let, let's just go call some people in Tampa at random and ask them. All right, yes. Yeah, all right, thank you, Frank. I'll just go ahead and look up some phone numbers. Just call them. Why aren't you going to the games? Coming up on some local business. News time, weather forecast, Wake Up Wyoming. Seven oh six. The time. It's wake up, my own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, phone number to get involved, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. If you were watching yesterday, and I actually heard it on radio, Speaker McCarthy lose his House Speakership job. I am glad that uh, I was worried that Matt Gates from Florida would try to get the Speakership, and I didn't want him because he's a narcissist. He really is. He's, he said he's not even going to run for the position he doesn't want it. Good. Let's get somebody else in there. If you missed it last hour, funny, the guy who's the temporary speaker until they get a speaker kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her office. Yeah, she's got to go get a regular office with all the other schmucks out there. That's funny. Okay, now, Harriet Hegeman, our lone representative, she was a no vote for removing the speaker, according to Cowboy State Daily. Story says, although they have different political views, U.S. Representative Harriet Hegeman was still firmly in the camp of Representative Kevin McCarthy when a historic motion to vacate his position of U.S. Speaker happened on Tuesday. So, when the dust settled, it wasn't enough to save McCarthy's job, the story says, as he was voted out of the speakership 216 to 210. A lot of people didn't show up for the vote at all. Hageman said in a Tuesday statement, there's more urgent issues the House could be dealing with than replacing the Speaker. She said there are far too many pressing concerns facing the nation from Congress to be pulled into a self-serving stunt as one member selfishly trying to torpedo the business of the House, she said. She goes on to say, uh, for at least seven days, there will be no movement on a single subject of appropriation bills. Government funding will run out in 43 days. Now, to my, my answer to... Uh, Harriet Hageman, which I have a, I have respect for her, but on this one, I think she and I will disagree. Because, look, it, as far as I'm concerned, if the House of Representatives, if, con- if Congress as a whole can't do business for a while, good for us. Good. 
they do enough damage as it is. The less we allow them to do, the better. We're up to me. If I could wave my magic wand like Harry Potter and just change everything, what I would do is have a Congress that meets once a year for a very short period of time. Other than that, they're done, and they don't make enough money to make a living at it. That's what I would do. I would not, do not want Congress constantly meeting and passing bills and spending money. And the idea that, well, government's going to run out of money. Fine. They're already out of money. Do you, have you looked at the national debt? They're way out of money. The idea that after borrowing as much as they did, Congress and the president borrowed how much money? This is the president that said he reduced the deficit, but he actually increased. That was a huge lie, massive lie, because he increased it greatly, and so did members of Congress, and I blame the Republicans, too, and how much spending we've had, and yet somehow still they ran out of money. So until they figure out how to seriously cut spending, I'm okay if they just run out of money and go dormant for a while. That's good. And for those who say, but... But so much bad will happen if government isn't up and running. We've been through government shutdowns before. In fact, I'm going to look something up here. Let's see. Give me a moment. Uh, if I can spell correctly. Okay. Of 2013. So what I'm asking here is how long did the government shutdown, the government 13? Uh, okay. 2013, we had a government shutdown that lasted 16 days and nothing bad happened i know some people didn't get their paychecks for a little while but they got caught up okay so they're, they're fine as well what about those people who are in government subsidies for food and so on we have church and civic groups that do just fine filling in the gap we were closed down for 16 days and nothing bad happened we're fine so i, I even saw some headlines that a government shutdown would be a crisis. No, it wouldn't. So if we have a Speaker of the House who's not doing really a great job, he's being pretty ineffective and not keeping some promises, and the Republicans are not happy with him, then let's get somebody in there who, who will actually also do battle with the Democrats and win. But all right. The story says the motion to remove McCarthy was brought by Florida Republican Matt Gates. Although Hageman is a member of the Freedom Caucus with Gates, her vote to retain McCarthy separates her from some of the hard-right members of the party. Hageman said issues like impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden, immigration status, southern border, uh, high inflation should take precedence over Republican infighting. She said there's nothing Democrats and the media like better than Republican on Republican infighting. Okay, but, and while I don't disagree with that, my thought is still, yeah, but what happens if you have a Speaker of the House who's not really that effective? Wouldn't you like to get somebody in there who's stronger? If he doesn't have the confidence of a good number of Republicans, then fix the problem and replace them, which is what they're doing. So Patrick Henry, Republican North Carolina, is at the top of the list. He's the one who got the job. And he's the one who kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her current office. Uh, I am focused on continuing to pass good legislation, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so somebody, this I thought was funny. Someone suggested, well, what if they nominate Liz Cheney? In case you didn't know, for Speaker of the House, the Speaker does not have to be an elected member of the House. Speaker of the House could be anybody. You could be Speaker of the House. 
one congressman did suggest, well, I might just nominate Donald Trump. Somebody suggested, what if we nominate Liz Cheney? Neither of those will make it, of course. But you could have someone outside like that. By the way, there was a time when Liz Cheney was uh, not making waves over Trump. She was actually about the most conservative member of the House of Representatives and doing a lot of good for Wyoming and the country until she went off the rails the way she did. And she was actually a in line. She could have been Speaker of the House. We could have had a Wyoming representative as Speaker of the House in that case. But then, again, I don't know what happened with her. That's a whole other subject. I don't want to even go into that because we've already we went through that long enough. So, yeah, there were those who were thinking about Liz Cheney. And there was somebody who mentioned, I might nominate Donald Trump. None of that's going to happen. But I do like the idea of Trump being nominated just because there are members of the House of Representatives who would completely freak out if he, he was even just nominated. That would really freak some people out. So I, that's fine. I also thought it was funny that uh, Nancy Pelosi was told to vacate her office, go just get a regular office with all the other schmucks in the House of Representatives. Okay, so how long to get a new speaker? Well, we don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. At some point, they pick someone, we get on with business. And in the meantime, nothing really bad is going to happen. The fact that Congress, the House of Representatives, can't pass anything until they do that is not a bad thing. Nothing horrible is going to happen during that time. Congress has been making more of a mess of things than fixing anything. So that's why I'm not worried about it. I mean, if you got somebody who's out there making more of a mess than anything, to stall them in their tracks is actually good. I know we're still not solving problems, but at least they're not making more of a mess. Morning, Rianne. Rianne's in Fort Danger. My worry about this is the next vote for House Speaker might end up being Democrat, as there are many rhinos who will take bribes for votes, Democrats, who is uh, worse than Pelosi. Well, yeah, look, a lot of people are worried about who comes next. This is where the Republicans actually have to play this smart and do the right thing this time. Let's hope they do. But if you notice, I don't sound like I have a lot of confidence here. I don't have any confidence in the Democrats almost completely zero in the Republican Party, too. I mean, we have just really a lousy Congress right now, both House and Senate. 7.15, wake up Wyoming. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So one of the notes I just got here off the Wake Up Wyoming app. People send me text messages off the app by using the chat option. So this is what great man in Casey. Is it very interesting to watch yesterday's members of the House of Representatives talk in support of vacating the seat, which would be, of course, Speaker of the House, and members saying vacating the seat was irresponsible. I know it was a historic event. However, I think it was a pretty strong statement to change course and get the job done. And then he adds, hang on to that. That was, and I said to him, I agree. I think uh, the GOP, though, won't really find anyone good to find the spot. Not like... McCarthy was good, but I don't trust them to find anyone good afterwards. He said, that was my concern as well. It's a very difficult position to fill. The House really needs a strong person and someone who can communicate well 
with all of the other views and for goodness sake, stop the out of control spending. Yeah, this is mainly my concern. I'm not so concerned with, well, we shut down the House of Representatives for, I, I'm fine with that. Again, right now, your government in general, House, Senate, President, and of course the bureaucracy, now the fourth branch of government, just keeps making things worse, not better. So the idea that we get shut down because the House of Representatives is stalled until they find a speaker, fine. At least we don't have to put up with them trying to pass more bills until then because they're not doing any, neither the Democrats or Republicans, from where I said, are doing anything that's fixing anything, so fine. Then they run out of money. And they don't know what to do now. Well, all of this spending stops, and dear Lord, this is going to be a crisis. It's not going to be a crisis if your government shuts down for a while. In fact, I, I posted an article yesterday on this that about 17% or less of your government actually shuts down. And most of what does shut down during a government shutdown is, uh, for example, people who are on SNAP and WIC programs don't get anything. Uh, yeah, they have church and civic groups that'll take care of them, so we're good. All sorts of things are offered, but what if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? Trust me, we're okay. The last government shutdown lasted 16 days, and it was not a crisis. But those in government want you to think that it is. And the media needs something to get hyperactive about, so they call it a crisis as well. Because everything's got to be a crisis. Everything's got to be something that makes you hyperventilate and keeps their ratings high. Their ratings are not high unless you're scared and hyperventilating about something. So they're always making something up. And this would be the latest one, the crisis of a government shutdown. It's not a crisis. So I'm okay with the House of Representatives is stalled until they find a speaker. My only concern is McCarthy wasn't that good of a speaker. Okay. Finding someone just as bad or even worse is my concern. All right. I'm okay if it takes a little while to do that. Hopefully they find someone better. Please prove me wrong and find someone better. I would love to see that. Oh, this story, um, because I would mentioned it before. GOP lawmakers float Trump for Speaker of the House. Again, anybody can be Speaker. You don't have to be a member of the House. Now, this is not going to happen, but still. As Representative Kevin McCarthy, Republican California, has been booted from his post, the story says the House Speaker, after a mission to vacate brought, okay, gets, okay, fine. Texas Republican Troy Nels said in a statement Tuesday afternoon, his first order of business when the House convenes will be to nominate Donald Trump as Speaker of the House of Representatives, which, of course, it more than anything, is just going to get laughter. But, okay. Texas Representative said, Donald Trump, the greatest president of my lifetime, has a proven record of putting America first and will make the House great again, he said. Representative Greg Stube, I think it is Republican Florida, followed suit by putting an X, formerly known as Twitter, on Tuesday evening for a speaker. So, okay. Yeah, we, we can get fine. Uh, we'll go ahead. Next speaker of the House does not have to be a current city member, it says. Uh, but every speaker in U.S. history has been. It's not the first time the story says Trump has been floated as a nominee for speakership. In January, as McCarthy struggled to garner enough votes to secure his position, uh, 
someone passed a nomination for Trump that didn't go anywhere. And remember now, with McCarthy, it was difficult for him to get the job in the first place. Of course, a lot of you have already heard this as everybody's been rehashing this, but boy, it took a while to get McCarthy into the speakership because he had not had the confidence a lot of the more conservative members of the House. They just did not have confidence in him. He had to really finagle to get that job. And then he wasn't able to keep their confidence. All right. In a gaggle of reporters on the Hill after the vote, Matt Gates said he supports several members of Congress that they could pick for the job. Not him, though, which I was really glad to hear that he doesn't want the job. Matt Gates, I've watched him. He showed up in Wyoming a while back to speak at the Capitol. And I, I don't even remember what the issue was about, but it was a Wyoming issue, and he showed up. to. I think it had to do with uh, voting here in the state of Wyoming. It was a voter issue, I think, but it's a while. But even then, I noticed Gates can be really a narcissist, and narcissists are very concerning. Trust me. You, you don't want to be working with or married to or have them representing you or just avoid narcissists. House rules dictate that McCarthy, upon his election as Speaker in January, provide a list of members to succeed him as Speaker should he lose his office, which he did. And one of those people was picked up as the temporary. But again, they, not until they elect someone can they actually start voting again and taking care of business again. The temporary just takes care of some other duties of the Speaker, but they can't call back into session and start voting on things yet, according to the rules. McHenry, former media consultant and political operative, was first elected to the House of Representatives, North Carolina, 10th Congressional District, 2004. And he was selected as House Republican Chief Deputy in 2015. And it goes on through a little bit more of his resume. So that's currently who sits in that position. And that's the guy who kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her current office. Because when she was Speaker, she held a certain office. And when she was no longer a Speaker, well, she didn't move. She just stayed in that same office. They just took the sign off the door that said she was Speaker. So he told her to move and wants it done today because he intends to change the locks. Which case she said, I'm at Dianne Feinstein's funeral. I can't do that right now. We'll see how that plays out. Eight Republicans sided with the House Democrats on Tuesday to oust McCarthy from his role. So, you know, the Democrats were all about this. And a lot of people are saying, well, the Democrats are just laughing at, yeah, okay. The, the only real problem here when it comes to the Republicans and the Democrats is love them or hate them. And I know a lot of you hate them. The Democrats are at least organized and march together in lockstep. And if you're picturing Nazi Germany, I'm with you on that one. It looks a lot like that, but they, they march in lockstep together and get things done. Republicans, on the other hand, a lot more disorganized, a lot tougher for them to get anything done. They usually check their backbone at the door when they walk in. So that's Republicans for you. 7.30, local news coming your way. Right after local news, update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again. Wake up, Wyoming.
weekend. When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So a couple more messages I'm getting here off the Wake Up Wyoming app. As I was talking about Republicans, now as, as much as I really have a problem with Democrats, I'm not a big fan of the Republican Party. Have not been for years. Blue Eyes and Douglas. I completely agree with you on the Republicans. That's why I've written to them and said I wouldn't send them any more money till they got backbones and got rid of the rhinos. Not happy. Well, and, and I agree with that. In fact, to me, the first real change for me. I was back in Florida when I was living way back when in Florida. And there was uh, Jenny Brown Waite was my congresswoman. She had just been elected to Congress. This is her first time running for re-election. And she sent a brochure out to everybody. To sh- in the brochure was a list of her accomplishments. Oh, okay. Well, should I vote for her again? Let's take a look at her accomplishments. And all it was was a list of how much money she had taken from Washington, D.C., and sent to our home district. In which case, I put the brochure in an envelope and mailed it back to her office and said, you just lost my vote. This is what I sent you to Congress to stop. Now, a little while later, I was living in North Carolina. Virginia Fox, who's also too old to be there anymore. And she said, right, we, her and I didn't have a, a discussion on here. We had a fight on here. No, we had a fight on here. We really did. She actually said her job as a congresswoman is to go to Washington, D.C. There's a big pile of money in D.C. And members of Congress need to dive into that money and take as much home to their district as they possibly can. And again, that's why I, I sent you okay, I sent you to D.C. to stop that, not to be part of it. All right, so Dave in Torrington, morning Dave, he said, sorry to be a Dave. <laughs> that's okay, Dave. You're the, you're the Dave in Torrington, not the Dave in San Francisco. And point this out, Glenn, but if you make narcissism a disqualifying characteristic for public office, most politicians would be on the breadline. And again, Dave, I'm okay with that. I understand that most members of Congress, really, or in government in general political office, even on your local level, when you're talking mayors and city councilmen and people on your county commission and so there's a lot of narcissists a lot of karens really we elect some of the some of the worst people run for these offices and we elect some of the worst people if i could get rid of them i would if i could just again wave my magic wand and let's get rid of the narcissists and let's get some people who actually do care about the country and actually know what doing the right thing is i would wave that wand, let's get rid of these people. And yes, that would get rid of most everybody in government right now. And I'm good with that. So it's very difficult to find someone who wants to be in political office who's not a serious narcissist. I don't mind if somebody has confidence in themselves. I think that's a good thing. Someone who knows that they're good at what they do and they have confidence in themselves. That's great. I want people like that. There's a difference between they know what their skills are and they have confidence and someone who's a narcissist. And if you want to know what some of the problems, in fact, let's let's look this up. Uh, Let's go ahead and ask the question, what is a narcissist? Okay. Uh, There are 
And, and this is even the question, is there such a thing as a healthy narcissist? Yeah. Narcissism is also used as a pejorative these days. Oh, okay. But there is, it, well, can you be a good narcissist? No, I'm using this in the bad text, not in the good text here. Because there is a type of self-confidence that's perfectly okay. Personality qualities include thinking very highly of oneself, uh, needing, needing admiration, believing others are inferior, lacking empathy. And I even see that you know, people who are willing to do damage to other people because, well, yeah, because it makes them, it, it lifts them up. They have to beat down other people so they can stay on top. Signs of narcissism, self-entitlement, manipulative behavior, need of admiration, lack of empathy, arrogance. That includes a self-importance, arrogance, perception uh, with fantasies of success or power or brilliance, a belief that they're more special or more unique than others, envy others, and again, beat other people down so they can be more important. Insisting they have the best of everything even if it costs you everything, they have to have the best of everything. Feeling they deserve privileges and special treatment. The list goes on. That's the bad kind of narcissist. Again, it's okay. In fact, a good thing if you're self-confident. But there's a difference between being a person who is confident in your talents and abilities, especially if you've worked hard to gain a certain level of skill. That's a good thing. There's a difference, though, in the type of narcissism which is dangerous, which is, I would have to say, most people in government right now, which is part of our problem. 742, wake up one. Blow off some steam before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 745 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Dayweather. So, okay, yesterday, uh, a bit of cloudy, a bit drizzly. I disagree with other people who say that's bad weather. I think we kind of needed just a little bit of a stretch of wet. It's gotten nice out there. And according to what I've heard on your weather forecast, Don, you've programmed a great weekend ahead for us. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be one of those the Chamber of Commerce weekends for sure. And between now and then, we have one more front to get through. It's not a really strong front, but it is going to produce late tomorrow and tomorrow night and Friday morning some low clouds, some rain and snow showers. This is one of these fronts we call a backdoor. It's coming in from south-central Canada and pushing west. And it, what it'll do is it'll get just to the Continental Divide, but it's not deep enough to get over the mountains. But areas of the state east of the Continental Divide will see that upslope late Thursday into early Friday, but as the day progresses Friday, it clears out again, and that sets the stage for just a beautiful weekend. Blue okay. sky, we're going to see 60s, lower 70s, dry conditions, uh, another great opportunity to take advantage of some really nice early autumn weather. So essentially this is sweater weather. Yeah, yeah, and it's great football weather. It looks like it'll be really good for the game in Laramie Saturday oh, yeah. Saturday evening and for high school football. Yeah, it's hoodie, sweatshirt, light jacket weather, but at the same time, uh, we're getting deeper into October to where when you get weather like this, you really want to take advantage of it. Okay, now I keep asking because I know at some point you're going to give me some kind of a change here because everything has been so steadily, slowly moving in. And so I keep looking north and going, okay, Canada, when are you going to surprise us with it? 
We're just getting little teases. Uh, we'll do this first front this week and the second front, but yeah. we still don't see the big one yet. Okay. So when you look up further north, there's nothing like spinning and developing up there? Well, what you want to do this time of year is not so much look at Canada, but look out in the Pacific. Okay. Uh, and one thing that's going to happen, this same very front that's coming through tomorrow night and Friday morning is going to end up being a big low up into the New England Great Lakes, and it's going to be a big low. It's going to sit up there, and it's going to cause a log jam in the jet stream. So that's going to slow things up a little bit. So that's why this weekend into the early parts of next week, there just won't be much going sure. on. So we'll have to break that log jam okay, now before real, something's going to come through. Real quick answer for you, because I would like to get into a little bit more tomorrow, though. I keep getting asked the question about, well, we had a lot of snow, a lot of wet last winter and into the spring. Do you see that much in the extended forecast? Because I've been watching extended forecasts, and they're sort of all over the place right now, as I would expect. They are all over the place. The one thing I'll say about this winter is that last winter, most of our winter came during the second half, started, it didn't start till January. This winter is going to get off to an earlier start. Okay. And we can talk about this more tomorrow. We'll talk about that later. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. Okay. Might get off to an earlier start, he said, and I'll dig into that tomorrow. So let's go over to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So Frank, uh, you keep your yard nice and pristine and no. clean? And, no. Okay. Well, that answers that. Uh, do you let your lawn grow too high? I, 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 I forgot to water this year. Oh, okay. Well, that's the opposite of well, this Well, actually, problem, I didn't forget to, to water. You didn't need to, really. Well, no. I just didn't want to. Okay. You know what? There's a certain mathematical equation to watering your yeah. lawn. Yeah. And that didn't add up with my okay mutuals and priorities because okay. some people really, I needed to just uh, you know some people really keep the yards looking nice and then there's always that one neighbor that's me yeah okay that would be Frank and I apologize I sincerely okay. apologize I hope so because a man in Hannah was getting sick and tired of his neighbor's grass he wouldn't cut it so he set it on fire well that's the easy way to cut it yeah yeah that's as long as you set the house yeah. on fire you can get in trouble for that yeah after a, the story says Cowboys Day Daily after a dispute of the height of the neighbor's grass posing a hazard in Hannah. A Hannah man is accused of setting fire to that grass and burning his neighbor's house. Oh, he burnt a house? Yeah. I don't know if he what? burned it down, but at least the house was singed anyway. He All faces... right, there, there, there's the Idiot of the Year Award uh -huh. in, in Hannah. Yes. Well, there's not many people in Hannah, so I guess... Well, no, <laughs> you, and, and you could actually finish one, two, and three if yeah, you're having a, a bad year, you know. Uh, I see. He faces a count of first-degree arson, punishable by up to 10 years in prison, $20,000 fine. I would just make him go fix his neighbor's yard. No, no. When, once you get out of the pen after 10 years, the guy's grass hasn't been mowed in 10 years. Oh, then he can do I it see. again. Or burned. And he might not know this. When you... There are some people, I've seen them do this, get to the end of the season... And they burn their grass because that burnt grass sits under the snow and all of that during the winter. And that makes perfect fertilizer for the next year. Yeah, yeah that's farming yes. and ranching. Right. So Not now your neighbor. No, no. But you see, I think what he didn't realize what he just did is you thought your neighbor's grass was grown too tall this year. Well, you, wait till next year, yeah. yeah you just guaranteed that it's going to grow up really nice and thick next year around. And he's going to be in jail, so he's not going to be able to do anything about it. 
So if your neighbor's not cutting his lawn, you want to go do something about it, fine. But don't burn his house down. Don't burn the neighbor's house down to get at his lawn. All righty. Coming up on Saturday in college football in Laramie, the Wyoming Cowboys have a gigantic game. They will host number 24 Fresno State and Mountain West play. Both teams won their conference openers. Fresno's 5-0 and with non-conference wins over Purdue and Arizona State. Pokes are 4-1 and after a win over New Mexico last week, and they've lost their last two meetings to Fresno State and didn't score a point in either of them. UW five-and-a-half point underdogs in Saturday's game. That is a 6 p.m. start at War Memorial Stadium. It's a huge game. We'll have it for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. In high school football, our latest wirepreps.com poll is out in 4A Sheridan after beating Cheyennese is now number one with these falling 2-2, two, 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 uh, Campbell County 3, Natrona 4, Thunder Basin 5. In 3A, Cody still number one, Star Valley still number two, Paul still number three, Buffalo still number four, and Douglas still number five. Mountain View is rated number one in the 2A ranks, Bighorn second, Lovell third, Cokeville fourth, and Tongue River fifth. In 1A, nine man, Pine Bluffs remains number one, followed by Wind River, Big Piney, Lingleford, Laramie, and Southeast. And in 1A, six man, Little Snake River, number one, followed by Encampment, Burlington, Dubois, and KC. In college volleyball, the women Cowgirls beat Colorado State in Laramie last night in a very competitive match, 25-22, 25-23, 19-25, and 26-24. Casper Kelly Walsh High School grad Corin Carruth had 13 kills in that game for the Cowgirls, who are 12-4 and overall and 1-4 and in Mountain West Conference play. UW will host San Jose State tomorrow. In high school volleyball, Laramie beat Cheyenne South three, games, three sets to none in 4A play. Coming up on Thursday, Cheyenne Central will be at Cheyenne South. Also in 3A on Thursday, Douglas will be at Glen Rock. High school cross country on Friday. Casper, Cheyenne, Gillette, Rock Springs, and Powell have big meets. The state high school cross country meet will be coming up on October the 21st in Cheyenne. Major League Baseball, those first round wild series, wild card series move along, moving along today. And this is a best of three deal with the game ones of those series yesterday in the American League. Texas over Tampa Bay on the road, four to nothing. Only 19,000 fans showed up for a playoff game in Tampa. That's pathetic. Minnesota broke an 18 play, 18 playoff game losing streak with a 3-1 win over Toronto. In the National League, Arizona on the road defeated Milwaukee 6-3 and Philadelphia at home beat Miami by the score of 4-1. That's in the sports. So according to Dante's forecast, if you're listening to that, so this weekend's game is going to be in just pristine fall weather. Excellent. I mean, that's, so it's, that's just like a little, you know, sweatshirt. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah not freezing cold, not yeah. a lot of wind. What time's the game? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Okay, so it starts getting dark, but they turn the lights on. Oh, yeah. It's going to be cool outside. Again, bring your sweater. Perfect football no weather. Snow. This is because football is supposed to be a fall sport. Yes. Yeah, there you go. All right. Thanks. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. Then we get into open phone. So I got a whole list of different things. I'll be topic hopping. You can, too. At any time, you can interrupt me, change the subject. That's fine. 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. Fine by me. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
106 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Wednesday and over the hump we go. And it's open phones. It's the most dangerous point of the program every single day. See, some hosts only give you open phones on Fridays. I don't know why that is. At some point, I've gone through everything that I really wanted to talk to you about. And then I go into open phones because I'll be topic hopping from one thing to the next. And if I'm doing that, you can too. So 888-97 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Let's do it. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. For those who missed it right out of the gate, 6 o'clock in the morning, I want to go ahead and play this for you. Those who heard this at 6 o'clock, you'll enjoy hearing it again. This is a kid, Yellowstone National Park, showing that a six-year-old is smarter than the adults. Should we, should we go? Should we try and go see that geyser way over there? No. Why? Because bu- there's, bu- there's huge buffalo crossing. We gotta wait for them to cross? Yeah. Why? Because otherwise we'll get rammed. How come all those people aren't waiting? Because they're stupid. I told you that would just make your day. Okay, then then there's this. This is going to be great. So this is in Congress. They're having a discussion about CO2. Now, remember, there are people like our own governor who want to sequester CO2. They think it's a pollutant. Of course, obviously it's not. Without it, this is a dead planet. But then, let's ask a question because many of the people on the argument side of we need to sequester this dangerous gas have never really looked into the science of it. So let's go ahead and take a look into the science of it and ask a question about CO2. Panelists, what percent of our atmosphere is CO2? Re- repeat that question. What percent of our atmosphere is CO2, carbon dioxide? I'll bite 5%. Five? We'll get seven. <laughs> I'll see there five and um, suggest that we know that transportation causes 49% of CO2. So that's why we're all working on energy transition. All right. So what number do you think it is? Five. Five. Do you have one, uh, Mr. Boyd? So we've got a five, seven, uh, eight. We'll get the high end. All right. The answer is 0.04%. Not 1%, not half of a percent. 0.04%. It's gone up from 0.03 in the last couple of decades. This is what we're being all contorted into doing is this tiny change in CO2. If we get below 0.02, plant life starts dying. So I see there, Mike, I'm coming to you. Uh, what he was saying, I know the music where we put that together. Uh, it's direct from Congress, but he played the music a little bit louder. The correct answer how much CO2 makes up the atmosphere is 0.04%. If we get lower, like down to 0.2%, then plants begin to die. Okay. And the woman who said, well, 40% of all CO2 in the atmosphere is because of humans and transportation. Completely wrong. Mike is in Laramie. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Glenn. Yes, sir. There were, um, there were two stories on the National News yesterday you may be interested in. Okay. One of them was on ABC, 
and it involves the U.S. Marine Fisheries Administration. Mm-hmm. And these guys, they send inspectors out on the fishing boats to make sure that they're catching their legal limit and putting limits on next year's catch. Right. But according to this agency now, when these inspectors go on the fishing boats, the fishing cat, the captain of that boat has to pay the salary of the inspector while he's on their boat, up oh. to $700 a day, I understand. Oh, Lord. And this has made it to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And the story actually showed a copy of the regulation. And this is an example of where Congress writes a vague law and the bureaucrats then get to fill in all the dots and all in between. Mm-hmm. And, there was like, and there was a line in there about as the agency can do this as it deems necessary. And they have decided that you have to pay the salary of the inspectors when they're on your boat. Well, what, and it's made it to the Supreme Court, yeah. which makes me wonder what happened in the lower courts as they went through the whole appeals process. Did the fishermen lose? And if yeah. so, I'd like to know the reasoning of the judge where they say, yeah, it's okay to force you to pay the inspector. And, you know, more and more the way government does things seems like extortion, seems like the mafia at work. Yeah, you're right there. I mean, and the implications of that, if these fishermen lose, mm-hmm. that any time some government inspector goes into some business, that business can be forced to pay their salary. The, the, yeah. the food and drug inspector going into a meatpacking plant, for example or some guy from the BLM going to look at oil wells or something. They could, okay, you're going to pay their salary. And uh, the, they then doubled that being getting their government salary as well. In the meantime, think about how many people it discourages from getting into this line of work. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fishermen they talk to said so they can't afford to pay these guys up to $700 a day. Yeah. And they're out there not just for a few hours. Sometimes he said the... Fishermen said they are sometimes out there for days on end doing their fishing, doing their business. Yeah. And they've got to pay that inspector every day. Yeah, which cuts massively into the profits. I wonder, I okay, here, here's what I would do. I, I think I have the solution to this, all right? Okay, I'm going to pay this guy. You said $700 a day, is that it? That's what the, the story said they can be, yeah, they can, those inspectors can, get reimbursed up to be paid up to seven hundred dollars a day okay so but in order for him to stay on the boat and let's say i'm going to be out there for two weeks that guy is going to need a room or at least a bunk bed so that's going to be like three hundred dollars a night right there okay he's going to have to pay me now he's going to need of course uh, to use our showers i'm going to charge him like a hundred bucks for each shower that he takes if he's going to so he might just end up stinking doesn't want to pay the money did he bring his own food? No. What, is he going to eat our food? No. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to charge for that. This is an expensive restaurant, by the way. By the time uh, yeah. I get done with this, he's going to end up owing me money. That's a good idea, but <clears throat> the story even said the fishermen, the captains of these boats said they have to feed and house all these inspectors while they're on their ship. Yeah. Does it say that he has to, that the captain has to feed and house at their cost, or just he has to feed and house them? Because if it doesn't say that I can't build them, then I'll go, I'm going to go ahead and build them. The story didn't say, but that's a pretty, I, yeah. that's a good idea, but I'd like to see how this how this story sh- yeah. plays out. Yeah. Because then they went into, oh, well, it's going to be so devastating for the, for the bureaucracy if 
if the Supreme Court rules in favor of the fishermen. As far as I'm concerned, it's a no-brainer. It right, be it should be. Right. in favor yeah. of fishermen. Absolutely. Like I said, this sounds more and more like mafia all the time, the way mafia oh. extorts money from people. Yeah, it's just Congress writing vague laws, and then the yeah. bureaucrats can fill in all on the side. All right. All right. Thank and you. Was a, yeah. Sure. I'm going to go look up that story. I appreciate you calling in. I hadn't okay. heard that one before. Okay, so... Yeah, I need to look up that story. I hadn't heard that before. I wonder if I picked the right one. Jenkins and the boss. Jenkins! Yes, sir? Uh, Jenkins, we seem to be having a little bit of trouble keeping up with all of these new government regulations. Every time I think we've got a handle on them, they just send us piles more. Yes, sir? Should I double the staff again? Uh, uh, no, I don't think we could afford that again. Uh, I have a better idea. Why does it always worry me when you say that? If we create our own bureaucracy, we can force the government bureaucrats to go through, thereby slowing down the bureaucracy uh sir that is so stupid it just might work yes uh, th that's what i was thinking and might i say sir that it is my hope that i share my gel cell with you why what a nice sentiment jenkins sir i'd rather spend the next 20 years with a 68 year old fool than as the girlfriend of a tattooed behemoth whose legal name is skull um i'm sure you'll want the top bunk i'm sure you won't be able to climb up there good point Need to cognitive distortions cognitive disportion no cognitive distortions Hagen-Dazs dispersion getting further away Cognitive distortions. I don't know what you're saying. It's when you think things are different than how they actually are. Oh, like imaginary. Kind of, but bad imaginary. No way. Yep. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. It's the time to wake up my own. I mean, I've thought about that quite a bit. What Mike was talking about, I'd never heard the story, but Mike, I'm going to go ahead and look it up. There's a, apparently, and it's in court right now, a rule out there if you're a ship captain, you're, let's say, a fisherman, they can go ahead and put an inspector on your boat for however long you're going to be out there, and government, the inspector can charge you $700 a day for his services that the government is mandating. Okay, well, up to. And my answer then, okay, well, then, and... and also, if they're out there for a while, the ship has to ship's captain has to provide room and board and all of that. But I don't know if there's any rule in there that says I can't charge for it, which is why I've often thought when bureaucrats show up and want all information from you, absolutely. But it's going to take me this much time to get the information, and I'm going to have to charge you this much money. You tell the government bureaucrat. Yeah, it's going to take me about two months to get that information, and it's going to cost you $500. And they're going to say, you can't do that. Well, I, I have to. I have no choice. That's what it's going to call you. want to get me to fill out all this paperwork? Um, sorry, it's going to take me two months, and I'm going to have to charge you 500 bucks. And let's see what the bureaucrat has to say. I would love to do that. All right, 888 woods the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Well, turnabout's fair play, right? A few other stories just to amuse you today. A German driver erupts in anger and slaps and grabs and drags radical climate protesters blocking the road in Berlin. Now, a few weeks ago, I told you that I don't know if I was supposed to feel guilty about this or what's wrong with me. I don't know. But a video popped up in front of me on YouTube, which I thought, why is that in front of me? But it got my attention, so I watched it. 
And it was a bunch of radical climate protesters, mostly in Europe. And these radical protesters will go ahead and block the streets. And people have just gotten sick of it. Now, they don't run anybody over. They go, they, the, the drivers drive nice and slow, but they don't stop. And now you got protesters being dragged down the streets as they hang on to vehicles and so on. And I just sat there watching in utter amusement while a German driver erupted in anger. The story says, slap protesters, climate activists. The video shows him. They call themselves the last generation because that's it. It's all over after us cult of climate change. And basically his answer is, we are just sick of you people. He said, the last generation aren't protecting the climate. They're engaged in just criminal activity. He had had about enough. And as he went and started slapping these people and dragging them away, nobody was really stopping them. Because I think people in Germany have just about had enough. Rick is in Cheyenne. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Good, sir. What you got? So, correct me if I'm wrong, if you put the word houseboat on your boat. Yeah. The government can't put anybody on your boat because that's your house. Okay. And so, therefore, that's against your constitutional right. Ah. They can't just put people in your boat. Let's take that a step further. If it's your house and they want to come on and inspect, wouldn't they need a warrant? That would be my assumption. Yeah. Okay. Now, they could make the argument, yes, but you also use that for commercial fishing. So I guess, but and I pay taxes for that. And I pay taxes for that. Yeah. So I use it for commercial fishing. But I also live here. So if you want to come on board, uh, you're gonna. I'm gonna have to have a warrant signed by a judge. I think maybe that might be a way to to approach this too. I think you're onto something there. Exactly. Have a good day. Go All right. I still like the idea. I like his idea, but I also like the idea of charging them like it's some kind of an Airbnb. Yeah. Okay. We'll take this guy on. This bureaucrat will pay him up to $700 a day. That's fine. And we have to feed him and give him a place to stay and all of that? Okay. I would like to see the law or rule. It's a rule which basically is a law written by bureaucrats. Is there anything in there that says I cannot charge for my services? Again, if you're going to, if I have to provide a room, that's putting out one of my men. That's costing me. So they're going to have to pay for the room. Also, the upkeep of that room, bed sheets, stuff like that. I'm going to charge for that. I have to feed this guy out of my pocket. So not only do I have to pay him up to $700 a day, but it's going to come out of my pocket to feed him. I'm not going to take that loss. I'm going to go ahead and charge him for that. Every meal he eats is going to be an expensive meal. I'll make sure it's a decent meal, but it's going to be an expensive meal. Every time he wants to take a shower or whatever the case might be, that's going to charge and by the way, there are certain places that might just be considered to be uh, off limits to everybody but employees. And I know the bureaucrat would say, well, you can't do that. If I'm the captain of this fishing boat, I don't want him up front with me as I'm up there piloting the boat. So I might have an employees only sign. Unless you would like to pay a special fee to come in and sit by the cabin or captain, me, as we do this, I can charge you a special fee to come in and sit, but you got to be quiet. You're not allowed to say anything because the moment you start talking, I got to throw you out. I'm the captain. I'm busy here. I'm probably just going to go ahead and throw you out. But I do like the idea if that boat is my house, 
then okay, wouldn't they need a warrant to come in? I understand that because there's only so many fish in the sea and we're trying to make sure, I I understand some of the rules. That's not lost on me. I get it. We can't just fish the oceans out. We got to be careful. And at times we have to let it rest. A certain species in a certain area might have to well, be allowed to rest for a while so they can repopulate. We do the same thing. You farmers out there do the same thing. You rotate fields. Sometimes you let a field rest for a season or two so it can get nutrition back into the soil so you can grow stuff again. So the idea of, well, let's let these fish out in this area of the ocean, just have a break for a season or two so they can repopulate. Then we'll go back out there and fish them again. To me, makes total sense. And you want to make sure we don't have people illegally fishing during that time. Even then, when somebody comes in with a haul, I understand. We put a limit on it so we're not totally fishing out the sea. That makes sense. Now, how far does that rule go? So as much as I understand what the government's doing in trying to make sure we don't overfish our resources out there, how far does it go? That's really the question here. You want to catch the bad guys, the the people who are cheating? I get it. I'd like to catch them too. Exactly how do you do that without getting overly bureaucratic about it to the point that the government is saying, well, you're going to have to pay this guy up to $700 a day, whether you like it or not, and he's going to stay on your boat, and you're going to have to feed him and give him a place to stay, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I think we need to rethink how this is done. And once again, don't let bureaucrats write laws, which is what we're doing right now. This is what happens when you let bureaucrats write laws. This is why I also don't mind Congress shutting down for a while, whether it's because of a we don't have a speaker or it's because they ran out of money. Let them shut down for a while. Boy, give us a break for Pete's sakes. It would be nice. Coming up on 830, local news coming away right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. Week now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 836 the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888 Woods, the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. On that really good topic, and again, Mike, thanks for bringing that topic up because that that was good. Mike and Laramie brought up the one about the bureaucrats who are apparently allowed, this is in court, allowed on certain fishing vessels and so on. At the cost of the fishing vessel, they have to pay for this to have somebody on the boat to watch what they do. To make sure we don't overfish the waters, things like that, right? Blue Eyes and Douglas, morning Blue Eyes, she says, but isn't that why we have game and fish and Coast Guard for the water bureaucrats to stay the hell out of it? Well, here's the thing, Blue Eyes. See, government constantly needs more agencies doing the same redundant things over and over again. 
And the more inconvenient that it is, the better for everybody. Okay. So this could have been solved. If you want to make sure people are not overfishing the waters, there are ways to do the clever ways to do this. Okay, without being such a hassle. But don't ask bureaucrats or politicians to come up with those clever ways. Don't have good. No. It's got to be as inconvenient and bureaucratic and damaging to your business as possible. That's what government does. Which is one of the reasons why, once again, when we get to, well, they might have a government shutdown. Good. A government shutdown is a crisis. No, I don't think it is. I think it's a wonderful idea to shut government down for a while. And while we're at it, let's make sure that when they come back, we don't have the same people coming back. All right. So on that note, now this, I don't think this is a bad idea. I just don't have a lot of hope for it. We'll see. Today, your phone might make a really loud noise. Today, FEMA will be sending an emergency alert to your phone, television, and radio to test a nationwide alert system. It's a nationwide alert. I don't know what it's supposed to sound like, but it'll sound off today on cell phones, TVs, and other such devices and so on. Here's a quote from FEMA. Your electronic devices may alarm you on Wednesday afternoon, but there's no reason for alarm. A national test of the federal emergency alert system will be broadcast at about 2.20 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time to cell phones, televisions, radios across the United States. Most Americans with wireless cellular devices will receive an emergency alert message on their phones, as will most whose televisions and radios are on when the test occurs. People who receive the test alert on their phones will see a message that reads, this is a test. But of course, I wonder if this is going to be like the War of the Worlds broadcast. We'll see. Now, I did notice, and would some of you out there uh, let me know, a while back, I was noticing how annoyed people get here in Wyoming when we would have a weather alert go off. And it was so loud and so overmodulated, there were people who were worried that it was going to blow their speakers out of their television, especially if they had nice speakers, right? But it was so loud and so overmodulated, nobody could understand it. And I'd asked quite a few people about this because I'd noticed it at home myself, but I've asked quite a few people about it around the state. They all said, yeah, what the hell is it with that? Why is it so loud and so overmodulated? So... Not only talking about it on the air, I also wrote up an article about it, noticing that whenever in Wyoming the, there's a weather alert, how obnoxiously loud and overmodulated it is, and what's the problem here? So when I wrote up the article, I left it with the uh, National Weather Service in Wyoming. I sent them a copy of the article online. Now, their response to me was, well, we're not responsible for that. In other words, when they send out a weather alert, they send a weather alert to some media organization who then sends it to all the radios and televisions across Wyoming. So they said, we don't know what that is. Okay, but my answer to them was, but are you aware that it's so loud and obnoxious and overmodulated and nobody can understand it. Now that you know, can somebody do something about it? Is it just me? I've noticed lately when it goes off, when a weather alert goes off, there's no 
sound to it. As if somebody turned off the sound until they can fix it. Now, that's my experience on my television. You, you tell me if you've noticed the same. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Good, sir. What you got? Well, uh, Speaker of the House, how about Harriet Hagman? Oh, okay. We can get Harriet Hagman in there. Sure. Why not? Uh, but she's now she's kind of a newbie, you know, but I could see her as Speaker of the House. I think she'd make a good one. I, I do, too. And then then on this fossil fuel logo file stuff. Yeah, I got I got a campaign. I I'm, I'm going to ask you to take on. OK, so everybody calls D.C. and Cheyenne the swamp. Yeah. Well, you know, the swamp is a kind of cool place, if you know them. The Everglades, the Alakai, some of the, yeah. some pretty places on this world are, are swamps. Well, for that matter, the television show MASH, them. if you remember the television show MASH, what did they call their tent for Hawkeye and Pierce? The swamp. That was the swamp, yeah. Yeah, it was the yeah, place to be. Yeah, too. Uh, let's call it the sewer. Okay. And in draining it, it needs to be flushed. Right. I'm with and you on maybe, this. And maybe, just maybe, if we change that terminology, these bureaucrats and these politicians will stop acting like turds. Ah, see, okay. Emma. I like where you're going with this. <laughs> if you if you would take up that campaign, I'd appreciate it. I will do and that. I that might note, actually I'm do a write-up on it, and I might start saying that on the air. Okay, now here's what I'm going to do, Mark. I haven't done this in a while. Uh, it is, let me see, today is October 4th. It is 8.43 in the morning, Mountain Time. Mark, this is your brilliant moment. This is it. Uh -oh. you, you have peaked, okay? <laughs> if I could uh -oh. send you a T-shirt or an award, I would. Are you married, Mark? Uh, divorce. Oh, okay, okay. Well, no, even story. better, you know, even better yet with a divorce. You let her know that you had a brilliant moment, and everybody in Wyoming and surrounding states heard you. And if she doubts me, I have the audio. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. You have a blessed day, sir. You too. I appreciate it. So, okay, I like this. <clears throat> Don't call it the swamp. Call it the sewer, and we need to flush these turds. See, that's really good. That's why I gave him a brilliant moment award, which I haven't done in a while. But I should. There should be a T-shirt that goes with that, or something like that. David is in Texas. Didn't the Russians used to have party observers on their ships? Oh my God, Dave, you're right. And I wonder, do do the observers from government on our fishing vessels? worry that the people on the vessels might be saying stuff that's not politically correct. I hope they don't have to worry about that because they're sailors after all. Scaredy Cat and Casper, hi Glenn. Where are, what are your thoughts as to why FEMA is testing their alert functionality? Do they anticipate needing to use it for a real nationwide emergency soon? I don't have a tin hat about that. Honestly, I don't. I do think, well, remember 9-11 happened. Right? Okay, that was a national emergency. Things can happen that you would want to alert the nation. Oh, we got a national emergency going here. You know, and 9-11 and was one of them. So, yeah, that at some point, something could happen someday. And to be able to alert everybody, hey, this is happening, I think is, is a good idea. The last time they had an emergency alert test was a while ago, and it was 
horrible. Let's see what happens this time. 845, wake up. Local and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time to wake up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Came across this story, Frank, here. Uh, 19-year-old Casper Boxer will take a crack at fighting for Team USA in the Olympics. I have not read that yet. Yeah. Um, Miss Colby did that story. Uh Uh-huh. So we'll have to. Okay. We'll have to get with her. Uh, Paige Gilbert is her name. And I was looking at her Instagram page, and she is in just great boy. You and I wish we had arms like her. She is in just great shape. Oh, oh, she would pummel both of us. Oh, my Lord, yeah. 19-year-old admits she's a little nervous to fight in the Olympic boxing trials. And that's a that's <clears throat> a, a big, big deal because there's so many yeah. that are trying to make a, a limited spot, like one per weight for the, yeah. the Olympics. I mean, that's, that's hard. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that USA does so well in the Olympics because we have... A, bi- a bigger pool. A pool to draw from, yeah, that we end up with just the best that are out there. So, okay. Again, I'm looking at some pictures of her. Colby's story has some really good pictures of her in the boxing ring and so on. And, uh, again, here's some pictures of her working out. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, she's in really great shape. She's at the Casper Boxing Club working on this. So I don't know what the deal is when they show up to do Olympic trials where. Probably in Colby's story here. But then what do you do after the Olympics? I guess... This, you end up on a box of Wheaties? Well, if you, A, get to the Olympics, that is an yeah. enormous accomplishment. Right. And, and, B, if you should happen to medal, yeah. then you're on the Wheaties box. Oh, okay. Okay. So, let me see. And especially if you're a gold medal, you can be on two Wheaties boxes. Uh, she's grateful for her sparring partner, a professional boxer, Atta Casper. He doesn't hit back like a woman, she says. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, yeah. Uh, before her brother let her, I just, I, that's a great comment, you know. Well, there's the next thing. Actually, let, let me put that up. There's the next thing, Frank. It's a good idea if you're going to get into something like this to have the personality to go with it. Right. Because that, I mean, people really do like if somebody is working their way up the ladder, if you will. When they get on camera, there's someone who's got a great personality that really inspires and engages. And comments like that will go far. Oh, yeah, they might, they'll go for miles. High school football, our latest wireprepps.com poll is out in 4A. Sheridan, after beating Cheyenne East last week, is now rated number one. East is now rated number two. Campbell County third, Natrona fourth, Thunder Basin fifth. In 3A, Cody still number one, followed by Star Valley, Powell, Buffalo, and Douglas. Mountain View is rated number one in 2A. Bighorn two, level three, Cokeville four, and Tongue River five. In 1A, nine man, Pine Bluffs now number one, followed by Wind River, Big Piney, Lingle Fort, Laramie, and Southeast. And in 1A, six man, Little Snake River at one. And at the number one spot, followed by Encampment, Burlington, Dubois, and KC. College football coming up on Saturday. The Wyoming Cowboys have a gigantic game. They will host number 24 Fresno State and Mountain West play. Both teams have won their conference openers, and Fresno State is 5-0 and overall with non-conference wins over Purdue and Arizona State. Pokes are 4-1 after that victory over New Mexico last week, but they have lost their last two games to Fresno State and didn't score a point in either of them. UW 5.5-point underdogs in Saturday's game. That's a 6 p.m. start. 
start from War Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. College volleyball, the Wyoming Cowgirls defeated Colorado State in Laramie last night in a very competitive match. 25-22, 25-23, 19-25, and 26-24. How about that? Casper Kelly Walsh High School grad Corn Cruth had 13 kills in that game for the Cowgirls, who are now 12-4 and overall and 1-4 and in Mountain West Conference play. UW hosts San Jose State tomorrow. High School Volleyball, Laramie beat Cheyenne South three sets to none yesterday in 4A play. Coming up on Thursday, Cheyenne Central will be at Cheyenne South. Also in 3A on Thursday, Douglas will be at Glen Rock. And High School Cross Country coming up on Friday. Casper, Cheyenne, Gillette, Rock Springs, and Powell have big meets. The State High School Cross Country meet will be coming up on October the 21st in Cheyenne. Major League Baseball, those first round wild card series will be moving along today. And this round is the best of three with the game, the first game of those that series uh, played yesterday in the American League. Texas beat Tampa on the road four to nothing. Only 19,000 fans showed up for a playoff game in Tampa. Minnesota broke an 18 playoff game losing streak with a 3-1 win over Toronto. In the National League, Arizona on the road beat Milwaukee 6-3 and Philadelphia at home over Miami by the final score of 4-1. That's it in the sports. And finally, the Colorado Rockies are not they're losing. Done. They're not losing anymore. That's no, no, no they're not playing anymore. They're, yeah, on, the, they're but, on the golf course. Yeah, that's, well, then they're losing on the golf course, Frank. They, they may be actually golfers, yes. better golfers than, than ba- Major okay. League Baseball players. But they would still suck if they went professional. But at least they're not losing any games. They had to you know, finish their season to not lose anymore. But at least Frank is not reporting every single day that they lost another game. You know what? Yeah. People still end up going to the games down down in Denver. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, it's a bad team, you know, but it's a great place to watch yeah. a game well, and just kind of hang out and, and you know, Buy some overpriced beer. Well, it's just one. Oh, so you get with your friends, you hang out. Nobody's actually watching the game. Right. Yeah, you're just hanging out with your friends up there in the stands. Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with that? Sure, it's fine. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. Then we're going to roll into news time after that national, local update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Week. 9.06 the time. It's Wake Up My All. I mean, my name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Wednesday and over the hump we go. Phone lines open, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS, so you can talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject. That's just fine. For some people, they just can't handle it when we get into open phones like that. There's few out there, but they're out there because people actually get to say what they think. Doesn't matter who's offended. That's why I like programs like this. So, trigger warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, this first story here, I just have a question, because I don't know enough yet to give you the whole thing. Just what little I see. This is from website County 17. I have... 
for a while been talking to you folks about the uh, possibility of raising Wyoming utility rates. As you know, Black Hills Energy wants to raise her rate by up to 30%. And that's what's being discussed right now. And, of course, Wyomingites not happy with it. From individuals to small business owners to big business owners, a lot of people just not happy with it. Then comes this story. Wyoming Public Service Commission announced in a bulletin yesterday that Black Hills Energy requests to pass on energy cost adjustments decrease for use September 1st. The decrease is not much. It's a tiny fraction of a penny per kilowatt hour, but still, it's a decrease in payments. The proposed rate is due to decrease in uh purchase power on natural gas costs. So in other words, they save some money on natural gas. They're going to pass it on to the consumers. Black Hill Energy announced September 27th that it was lowering natural gas rates starting October 1st for Colorado customers. And Colorado Public Utilities said, well, of course you can do that. That's fine. If you want to go ahead. And... Okay, so that's a decrease, huh? All right. Now, the decrease isn't much. I mean, it's a fraction of a penny per kilowatt hour, but still. And yet they're talking about raising rates. At the same time, remember, rates were they want to raise them for many different reasons. One of them, including you recently got a bit of a rate increase over carbon sequestration. Yeah, but no, it, this going green is going to save us money and save the planet, right? Sure. Okay. Just keep that in mind. Oh, let me see. Uh, hang on, Miss Mary. Uh, I want to go ahead and copy that over to something that opens a little bit easier. Actually, have you seen this one? She says we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. In hindsight, broken electric buses, not the best choice for Jack. Yes, okay. We, In fact, I've got a couple of people who've just sent me this story, and I did talk about this just recently. But I did see this Cowboy State article today, so let me, let me go ahead and get into it. This has to do with Jackson Hole wrote uh they decided to buy some buses to get rid of some of their diesel buses now i think they have a total fleet of what like 11 but i think it was like seven of their buses or eight something like that were going to be all electric and the all electric buses did not work out they broke down the company went out of business i mean a lot of problems with it here's the latest from cowboy state daily a former Teton County commissioner told Fox News that Wyoming's richest county should have bought natural gas-powered buses instead of the electrical fee, uh, fleet that would recently broke down. Eight electric buses have broken down and are in need of parts that they can't get, by the way. The report was responding to a Cowboy State Daily story that reported on the news of the electric buses. It's... Uh, it's kind of operate the way they're operating these days. They're looking for that shiny, bright object. The story says, "All we got was zero emissions from." No, you did not get zero emissions. Oh God, it drives me nuts. No, in Jackson Hole, they bought these buses because they wanted zero emission buses. Okay, no, the bus itself doesn't produce emissions, but those are coal-powered buses. All right, so uh, he's likely referring to Sublet County, which in 2022 accounted for about 51% of Wyoming's natural gas production. So what they said in the story was, you know, it would have been nice instead of trying to go for electric buses, just down the road is Sublet County, and Sublet County produces a lot of natural gas. We could have had natural gas buses 
buying the power from Subla County. Well, okay. Although in the wintertime, natural gas buses still have a bit of a problem. Okay, so, but at least you're not going with electric buses. That not only are not working, cost you a ton of money, but are just coal-fired buses. They're just coal-powered buses. Let me see. Uh, the cost was about $800,000 and a million apiece. For the, so how much did they spend on the buses? Depending on the bus, anywhere between $800,000 and a million dollars per bus. So they paid for a bunch of broken buses. Now, I don't know what exactly does a diesel-powered bus cost. Anywhere near that? I don't know the answer to that. But that sounds really expensive. It's like buying an electric car. If it wasn't for heavy subsidies, what would your electric car cost? I mean, honestly, what would it cost? Yeah, they're still unaffordable in many cases. The California-based company, which made the buses, filed for bankruptcy in August. Start director told Cowboy State Daily last week that the agency still isn't sure when the parts can come to fix any of these buses. We're evaluating our options. Okay. I would, I might, I might just send a note just to remind those people at, in, in Teton, I, since I have this story here, uh, I'd like to just to remind them, you can go ahead and fix those electric buses and try to use them. Just remember, and this I thank them for, because they were saying, well, maybe, maybe we should have gotten our energy from Sublet County and supported the neighbor, but you are. Those are coal-powered buses. You are supporting a Wyoming industry by driving coal-powered buses. In fact, Ms. Mary, maybe the next article, I should do a follow-up article on this and thank Teton County for buying coal-powered buses. Okay, so it was a winter. Over one million visitors are expected for a ski season, and there's a huge demand for buses. The majority of the start fleet are diesel buses, they said. He says they hope local government leaders will come up with a solution to compensate for the eight offline buses. What do they do to compensate for the buses they don't have? Um, oh, no, it's okay, Miss Mary. I'm in, I'm in open phone. Miss Mary's apologizing for derailing me. No, that's okay. I'm in open phones. You can derail me, too. So from the Internet, diesel buses are the most common type used in the United States. They cost around $550,000 per vehicle. Okay, thank you, Ms. Mary. That answers the question. So the buses, and I wonder, did did they get any money from the Biden administration to buy the electric buses? Well, that would, I would have to find out someone who would know, because oftentimes when government goes to buy something that's, uh, wind or solar or electric like the buses or something like that, they get heavily compensated by the Biden administration. So I believe in the story that I wrote up, I think this might have been part of the Biden administration sending money to different communities, you know, and which of course they borrowed heavily to do this. But okay, so the buses, the electric bus, depending on the bus, can cost anywhere from 800000 up to a million dollars. And how much of that is paid for by subsidies, I'd like to know. Okay. Then, if you bought a diesel bus, it would have been about $550,000. So that's a huge savings right there. Okay. Well, uh, no, in, in looking at this, I think we should just go ahead and thank them in Jackson Hole 
for buying a coal-powered bus because they are supporting the Wyoming industry by driving coal. It's not a zero-emissions bus. I just want them to get over saying that. Hey, Jude. Hey, my cat just spilled my coffee all over me. Um, <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> so one of the, I have geese. One of the geese were outside the window here in my yeah. office. Yeah. And scared him, Junior, and he just absolutely flipped out and dumped my coffee all okay. over the place. <laughs> so anyway, I'll have to clean up while I talk uh, to you. Okay. Um, we, we were doing the uh, property with the joint of, Joint Appropriations Committee mm-hmm. uh, to Monday and Tuesday. And I first want to say thanks to Dallas Blair, Dave North, Rose Bond, Kathy Barlow, Matt Keating, and several others that absolutely did a great job. Um, we're going to get railroaded, though, anyway, because it looks like all of these guys that they did, this team out of Kansas that was supposed to do this $50,000 study, well, they only asked uh, one side, like uh, the ones that are going to benefit the most from it, real estate companies uh, and that sort of thing. And uh, the problem is they never even asked one single property owner in their assessment deal or in their little deal. So uh, a lot of the guys that got up there and spoke were like, well, how can we adopt something when they didn't? do the full study of everyone that would be hurt by it. Okay, so anyway, that's here and there now because we know what they're up to. Uh, There's a a senator, I think his name is uh, Case, and he came up with this so-called brilliant idea. And the brilliant idea so they could raise your property taxes was to forgive the sales tax on what you're going to be charged. So if the sales tax is like $58, they're going to forgive that $58, but they're going to give Rocky Mountain Power that 26, 30% increase. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how long does that last? Right. A year? And then they go turn around and slip it back in there, and then we're, we've already approved it? No, we're going to get railroaded on this or not. I was a little disappointed at the audience. Uh, there was probably only 10 to 12 people at any given moment in the audience. Yeah. You know, and you and I talk about this all the time. You've got to show up. Right. You know, but they also hold this during work hours when most people are at work. Yeah. And they slipped one by me because I thought it would be the lobbyist up first. No, they gave their little presentation, this team out of Kansas that we paid that 50K to. And then they opened it up for public comment on the first day. By 10 o'clock, people could have asked, what what the hell's going on? Right. Yeah. And then on the second day, uh, they just reiterated with their little lobbyist group, like the Wyoming Taxpayer Association. They had nothing to do with taxpayers. They're a lobbyist group. Uh, the, the, here's one. The Large County Assessors Association. What the hell is that? Does that mean only large counties are part of that association? What do we got? Two? And then they do it's it's weird names that belong to this that we're okay with having our property tax raised. And not a one of them is any 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 outfit that I would trust with a bubble gum. Right. 
What I want to you know, know is, as many listeners have asked me this question, so they raise our property taxes, and what extra do I get out of that? Because you raise my you property taxes, am I going to get new services? No, you're not going to get nothing. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, and they also came up with another plan. They're going to allow uh, you to pay on your property tax every month, but they're only going to charge you 10%. Right. You know, what are they, a pawn shop or a bank? Uh, Yeah. No, worse. They're government. Yeah. All right. I got to run, Jude. Thank you. 920 is the time. Cat spilled her coffee all over the place. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Still, I know the world's on fire. The situation's dire. A lot of work and courage gonna be required, but... I'm just happy to be here. 926 the time is until Grandpa Rich sends me a note on those coal-powered buses that were bought by Jackson Hole that don't work. Uh, any more diesel engines burn cleaner than a lot of college professors' car do. That's funny. Jan and Cheyenne, uh, what about propane buses? I hear they burn pretty clean. No, you can do that. Yeah, I know that, and I would have to look into it. It's been a while since I thought about it. When it gets to natural gases in the wintertime, that can be a, a bit of a problem, especially when it gets really cold. So I, I don't know. Also, I know there's got to be a certain amount of pressure. There's a lot of experimenting going on with natural gas vehicles, and the problem is pressure. You know, when they start getting low on pressure, there's a bit of a problem. And again, cold air can be a problem, too. Uh, let's see. Gadget, Pine Bluffs. Morning, Gadget. Uh, since the buses are broken down, what is it? What is the cost of keeping batteries charged, or will they have to replace them whenever they get replacement parts? Stay warm up there, Glenn. Well, okay. Um, don't know. I think they might just... I, I don't know what the cost is to keep them charged while they're waiting for parts to fix the bus. Although I don't think the batteries are the problems with the bus. There's some other problem. I'll have to find out what the problem is. Mike and Casper, it's like with the... Oh, this is a different topic. Okay, so here's the deal. What I'm going to do just because I like doing stuff like this. I wrote up an article a a little while ago and talked about the buses in Jackson, how they were trying to get away from diesel buses because they wanted zero emissions buses, which, of course, going to an electric bus is not zero emissions. It's a coal-powered bus, especially in Wyoming. They were going to save the planet. The buses cost, as Miss Mary showed us, the buses cost a hell of a lot more to purchase. Not a lot more. Hell of a lot more. Almost twice the price. And they don't work at all. And the company's out of business. Okay. So, they were going to have a problem anyway when it got really cold up there. As you know, electric vehicles don't do all that well when it gets really cold. And they wanted these buses because they have the winter season coming up when Jackson Hole is filled with skiers. So, they, they want as many buses as possible. Okay, but your electric buses don't do as well when it gets seriously cold out. They they really didn't seriously think about this. So, okay. Jackson was trying to find a solution to a non-existent problem. I will write a nice article up, though, thanking them for buying coal. They bought a coal-powered bus. They were thinking about Wyoming industry when they did this. And I'll make sure they get that article. 
just as sort of a little prompt and nudge, nudge in the direction of, you didn't really think this out, did you, kind of nudge. Coming up on 9.30, local news coming your way. Weather forecast right after that. Wake up, Wyoming. the week start your day the right way wake up wyoming with glenn woods on k2 radio join the conversation at 888-97 woods Nine thirty-six. the time wake up wyoming so reds and casper morning red we're talking about those useless buses purchased by jackson hole the electric buses that broke down Expensive, too. Much more than a diesel-powered bus. Red says, I have a friend in Washington that works for the busing industry. He told me that the cost of the buses, shorter distance, the higher the cost of the buses, the shorter distance they can go. And frequent breakdowns also make propane and electric buses useless. Okay. So you do want some kind of a vehicle that can make frequent stops and starts. When you're talking about a city bus, there's a lot of stops and starts there. It's not like long-term driving is different from short-term driving in that sense. Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis, the magic bus with the fairy dust sprinkles to run the bus. That's pretty much what they were looking for when they said, well, it's a zero emissions bus. It's a coal-powered bus. You're in Wyoming. Okay, it's a coal-powered bus. Real quick, this is a side note. So I was looking at... They, you know, the Powerball lotteries up to a little over a billion dollars is like $1.2 billion. And you get, if you win this, your actual take after taxes is just a tad over half of that. Thank God you don't live in a state that has a state income tax if you're with me in Wyoming. You listeners down in Colorado, you have the federal tax plus the state tax. So you don't get anywhere near. And I've had people argue, well, you're still getting hundreds of millions. Yes, but you're not getting... The promise was a winning of $1.2 billion. Giving me a little over half or less than half of that is not the promise, which has always irritated me. But I decided, okay, just for the fun of it, let's take a look at lottery winners and what tends to happen with them. Number 10. Christian Goodnow. Christian Elizabeth Goodnow's name's, um, let's see, million dollars jackpot. And it seemed impossible, but wait, dumbest lottery winner? Woman bought the ticket using a credit card on her boyfriend's late mother. So you know there's going to be an investigation on that. That was bad. Let's see. A lot of these people, Fort Valley, kept the money for himself. Claiming he gave, okay, he had partners to buy the tickets, came all, kept all the money for himself. Most of these stories that I see here, it's one story after the next about dumb lottery winners. It has to do with what they do with the money after they get the money. So if you were to win, this is $1.2 billion is the current Powerball. So let's say you won that tonight because there's another drawing tonight. Here's what you do. Because people tend to go broke within, I looked it up this morning, people tend to go broke within about two years, average. And some of them are also in debt after that, after they've won a lot of money in the lottery. Here's what you do if I can give you advice. Invest all of it, every penny. Invest it all in smart investments. 
the kinds of stuff that's going to earn you great interest rates and dividends and so on. Invest all that money. Never touch the principal. A lot of people right away, I'm going to go out and buy a new car and I'm going to buy a house. Don't. I know you want to. Don't. Go see a broker or something like that. Get the money invested wisely. Okay. Now that you got the money invested, every single year, you're going to make a bunch of money on that money. You're going to make millions of dollars a year off of interest and dividends, whatever, however you invested it. Now, that money you can go off and spend. Have a good time. You are now making more money every single year than you could really spend in a year if you didn't go stupid with it. Because if you don't spend all of that, you can roll most of what you've earned back into that initial principle. And so it keeps growing. But if you just go out and spend it all, and I have a story up on the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning that shows person after person that just blew that money. I mean, they won sometimes a million, sometimes 10 million. Some people won $100 million. And within a week or so, they're broke. Now, I don't want you to panic here. I wasn't, I was not watching Oprah. Don't look at your radio that way. I was not. I read an article about it and watched part of a video that went with the article. Okay? Relax. Oprah was talking to someone who they wanted to run an experiment. And I think, I forget how much it was. It was like $250,000, something like that. And they put it in a briefcase and allowed a homeless person to accidentally find it. Then let them know, you know, we wanted you to have the money. So this person that was utterly homeless now has about $250,000. What are they going to do with it? A documentary was made about this. And it did not take that guy long before he was not only out of money, but in debt and back out on the streets again. I was thinking about just how people get really stupid when they win some kind of lottery, when they come into a bunch of money. And how quickly they go through that money and how quickly they wind up again, broke or in debt. Now, that's not always the case. There are some smart people out there who will win that kind of money and spend it wisely. Again, invest it. They, they might go buy a new car, but they're not stupid with it. They might go buy a house, but they don't buy something that's some outrageous mansion that they can't afford do the upkeep on, right? So I'm waiting to see when somebody wins this one point. In fact, the last lottery that won Powerball, that one, was also over a billion dollars, the last one we had. I like to track these people and find out what exactly do they do with their money? Because what I would love to see is as that check is being handed to them, before we hand you the check, we're going to have you sit down with a financial advisor who's going to give you a couple pieces of advice. Then we're going to hand you the check. Yeah, Because, again, in most cases, winning the lottery is the worst thing that ever happened to somebody. 9.43 is the time. Wake up, my own. Everything you need to start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. 48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox to talk to Frank Gambino. 
Frank, I'm going to take you back in time just a little bit because you were here long enough to know about this. Hell's Half Acre. Yes. Uh, I used they to. They made that movie out there. Yes, they it did. It wasn't very good. I, it was fun. It yeah. Was, yeah. It wasn't a great movie. It but didn't it was, win any awards. No, I don't care about awards. It was, I do. I think fun because it was unique at the time. I mean, giant CGI bugs. Back then, doing things by CGI movies was new. And yes. the fact that we got to go to the theater and watch these giant bugs as we're on some alien planet in a war with them. And it turns out to be the alien planet is Wyoming, which makes complete sense. Okay, so at one point, I I know someone whose family used to have a little hotel up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it used to be open to the public where you can just go, you know, not just look over. There was a whole park there. I mean, there were picnic areas. Yeah, I mean, and then you can view out there and look just like Mars. Yeah, okay. Because I have pulled up to the area and taken a look at the old picnic area at Hell's Half Acre. I mean, It's eerie, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, There's talk about reopening it. Ooh. Yeah, and so... Like like one of those Airbnb things, you know, maybe? I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, of course, the hotel thing's all gone. The picnic areas are still there and old restrooms and so on. So it could be revitalized. And then the idea, I wonder, would they allow people to walk down into it? I don't know. I don't know. So here's the story that we have. Hell's Half Acre closed since 2005. The Hell's Half Acre subcommittee did not know that existed. Exploring reopening with a, let's see, they, they want public input. Okay. So let me see, 480 acres, diverse terrain, uh, rocks, and we all know what's down in there. Hell's Half Acre, an incredible destination in our backyard. Sure. And, of course, there's the making of the movie there. Some people would want to see that. Well, yeah, like, what was it called? Starship Troopers? Yes, yeah, Starship like? Troopers. The goal, it says here, the goal is to offer public access for walking and hiking April through November. Okay, so that answers that question. Well, uh, um, maybe they can make a Starship Troop, Trooper movie, too. Oh, they made several. Two and three and so on. It would really annoy you. Also, by the way, Go down to Bill's office, and when you walk in, look to your right. He has the poster for Starship. Yeah, Troopers yeah. And right one there. girl is smiling and go, "How is you smiling like that when the planet you're on has no oxygen?" And you're going to get eaten by a bug by right. the end of the movie. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming up on Saturday in Laramie in college football, the Wyoming Cowboys with a big, 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 big game. They will host number 24 Fresno State and Mountain West play. Both teams have won their conference opener, so Fresno is 5-0 and with non-conference wins over Purdue and Arizona State. Post a 4-1 after a win over New Mexico last week to start league play. But they have lost their last two games to Fresno State and didn't score a point in either of them. It'll be a big challenge for UW. They are five-and-a-half-point underdogs in Saturday's game. That will start at 6 p.m. at War Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Our, in our latest, wyopreps.com high school football poll is out in 4A. Sheridan now number one after beating Cheyenne East last week and East falling to the second spot. Campbell County three in the Trona four and Thunder Basin five. In 3A, Cody still number one. Star Valley two, Paul three, Buffalo four, and Douglas five. Mountain View rated number one in 2A, followed by Bighorn, Lovell, Cokeville, and Tongue River. In 1A, nine man, Pine Bluffs now number one, followed by Wind River, Big Piney, Lingle Fort, Laramie, and Southeast. And 
And in 1A6, man, Little Snake River remains number one, followed by Encampment, Burlington, Dubois, and KC. College volleyball, the Wyoming Cowgirls defeated Colorado State in Laramie last night in a very competitive match, 25-22, 25-23, 19-25, and 26-24. How about that? Casper Kelly Walsh High School grad Corin Carruth had 13 kills in that game for the Cowgirls, who improved the 12-4 overall, 1-4 in Mountain West play. UW hosts San Jose State tomorrow. In high school volleyball, Laramie over Cheyenne South, three sets to none in 4A play. Coming up on Thursday, Cheyenne Central will be at Cheyenne South, and also on Thursday in 3A, Douglas will be at Glenrock. High school cross country on Friday, Casper, Gillette, Gillette, uh, Casper Cheyenne, Gillette, Rock Springs, and Powell have big meets. The state high school cross country meet will be coming up on the 21st of October down in Cheyenne. Major League Baseball, those first round wild card series will move along today, and this round is a best of three with game ones yesterday in the American League. Texas over Tampa Bay, four to nothing. Only 19,000 fans showed up for a playoff game in Tampa. Minnesota broke an 18 playoff game losing streak with a 3-1 win over Toronto in game one. In the National League, Arizona on the road beat Milwaukee 6-3 and Philadelphia at home over the Miami Marlins 4-1. to As great as this weekend's game is going to be, and there's going to be a lot of tailgating. And it'll be a lot of, yeah, yeah. It'll be- it- won't beat last week, which had I was looking at some pictures of this. They had parades. Oh yeah, that, well that was homecoming. homecoming yeah, I mean of course yeah. it's a much bigger deal. So this is still going to be a big deal, but it's not going to be homecoming. No parade, right? no parade, nothing like that. Those, they, they may have a parade oh, yeah. with the goalpost. Well, after the game, they used to. Now they don't let people tear the goalpost down. Oh anymore. well, what's the fine? You told us I think you once were involved. Oh in yeah, tearing well, the well, goalpost in, down. In, in college, yeah. yeah. And then there's pieces of the goalpost from Laramie, and in years past, it ended up at the bars downtown. Okay. Are they still there? I think they are. Probably are. Okay. You should be able to uh, drink out of one of the pieces of the goalpost. Well, you should make a, a cup bit, out of it. A little rusty, you know. Uh, it's, it's okay. Be a man about it. You All know, right. it's your home team. All right. Thank yeah. you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming.